You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. We talk moto events from around the world. All the injuries, all the training ins and outs, the bikes, parts and gear inspections, the results. We interview your favourite riders. It's the Always Moto Podcast. We occasionally have some coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If you don't like it or you don't agree with us, turn it off right now. I'd like to remind you that he is not a doctor. That's right, Moto fans. I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist, and this is episode 58 of the Always Moto podcast. As always, I'm your host, David Hogan, and we'll be joined later in the show by Always Moto contractor Ben Grinley. Unfortunately, it happens every week, but he's still waiting to get paid. This is the Always Moto Podcast. We are in the depths of the clinic, throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick. As always on the show, we'll be going through all things moto, particularly the injuries in our sport because hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week's show, we'll be talking about the Super Motocross uh, round from East Rutherford and the lightning storm that was that paused the proceedings there and made it into a very late night for most of the teams there. We'll be talking Always Moto Fantasy League the Super Motocross Emergency Department and all the injuries from East Rutherford as we head to another East Coast round here at Nashville this weekend. We'll have our weekly product inspection highlight, uh, but bringing you the show today, as always, is Slantboard Guy. Don't forget we have that affiliate deal in place with Slantboard Guy and they've offered 10% discount for Always Moto Podcast listeners. So if you want to get your squats on point in the gym, improve your standing technique on the bike with stronger legs, this simple piece of gym equipment is for you. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase at checkout to save. Also bringing in the show is Endurance Recovery Boots. If you want to maximize your training, you need to be recovered before each and every session. These recovery boots can help you be your best for your next effort. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase at checkout to save as well with Endurance Recovery Boots. Tech 167 3D Printing. Do you need something really cool for your bike? Maybe just a funnel that fits right in and screws right into that uh, oil filler cap and means no mess. Then check out these products from Tech167. We have a special code for you guys. It's always moto in lowercase. Use it at checkout. It's on particular options there on their site. Uh, If you spend over a certain amount, you'll get to use that and have a nice little saving there as well. So that's the only place you're going to hear that code. It's always moto at checkout. As always, we need your show uh, support direct for the show, and we still have our merch available. We have our T-shirts, our Always Moto T-shirts. They are $25 plus postage and handling. Show your support of the podcast and get a T-shirt to rock it at the races. Email us at info at alwaysmoto.com. Put T-shirt order in the subject line and send the size you want. Now, sizing, they're running a small size T-shirt, guys and girls. If you want, go up a size or two to your normal, and you'll be very happy with your purchase size. Uh, and look, we'll be in touch via PayPal, uh, via payment via PayPal and delivery dates once we get those emails from you. Um, if you want to show the support direct for the show, send a donation via that Always Moto PayPal account in the links below. Drop a message or a question and we'll re- read it out live on the show. 
To find all of our supporters and all those PayPal options, check out the links in our show notes or in the bio on our social media pages and you'll get straight to where you need to go to purchase via our thing so that we get that little cut and we can keep help keep bringing you more and more content and more and more special discount codes. Enough with the intro talk. Let's jump straight into the show. What's up, everybody? This is Kate Clayson from Partzilla, PRMX Kawasaki, and you're listening to the Always Moto Show. Right, let's get cracking on this thing, Benny. Uh, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for joining us as always and uh, being the Always Moto contractor. How's the week been for you after that muddy race and late? Or it wasn't really late for us. It was a, probably a better time, uh, a Sunday morning. But uh, how, how's the week been after that race at East Rutherford? Yeah, no, it hasn't been too bad, Dave. Uh, I've got the... Uh I got the win again this week in the in the fantasy, so I'll take that. But three for the season now. Yeah, three from uh, what fifteen or something. So, oh, yeah. oh no, three from yeah twelve or something. So yeah, no, nah, we'll uh, I'll take it. <laughs> they, they're few and far between, but you'll have it. Yeah, yeah, nice. No, it was a um. I think that whole mud delay situation through a few people's scores out the window for fantasy but we'll talk about that a little bit later but it was an interesting night obviously dry practices dry lcqs dry futures race yet we managed to have an hour or so delay for lightning and ended up with completely soaked mud fested tracks it was fantastic yeah, and the racing uh, was actually maybe a bit better than I thought it would be. But, uh, yeah, the the long wait, I'll say, was actually in a sense of uh, the amount of content that was put out while everyone was waiting. Was uh, some Instagram lives just went <laughs> crazy. Um, my phone was just going off and everyone was going live on Instagram and then uh, they had plenty of good interviews on the TV and – uh yeah it was actually it was actually good yeah i didn't mind the as much as everyone probably you know whinging that they're just you know swinging off the lawrence brothers nuts there but the one with jet and hunter and actually you know team manager lars lindstrom that was actually a good interview i didn't mind that they you know it was a bit candid they actually had the team manager point of view in there as well so it wasn't just the lawrence brothers i liked it i liked the information that they came across and obviously they were able to fill a bit more time and sort of had a few comments back and forth, and obviously RC couldn't hear all of it, but he could provide content to it. So it was a good interview. Yeah, no, it was, and I think um, you know when you've always got those two next to each other, it's always you know they're just like all of us Aussies just having a laugh and you know bagging each other out. So uh, when they need to be serious, they're serious. But yeah, you know, when they can sneak a little laugh in, they'll uh, they'll sure do that. Yeah, exactly. Now, I did find it funny. Obviously, I I didn't get to see this as it was all happening. I was watching it, you know, sort of on the replay. But the one thing that I picked up when they went to the to the lightning bid and they obviously evacuated everybody out of the stadium. They had the big sign up on the on the uh, you know the the big uh, big screen TV there in the stadium. You know, please exit. You know, make sure you're safe. Get out of the lightning strike range. How is it? that Feld can have two posi tracks ripping around on the track whilst everybody's got to evacuate. Are they not lightning magnets? The only thing I can think is that we drive our cars in the lightning and their rubber tracks, I don't know, somehow they maybe 
thought it might be all right. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I, like obviously, like that kind of makes sense. Obviously, you, you know, the, the whole you know earthing out sort of thing. But like they evacuated people out of a stadium for insurance purposes. Yet let's let you know two guys in big metal boxes run around on the open stadium floor. Doesn't seem to make much sense to me. But anyway, that one was an interesting one to, to see that one going on. Uh, but they managed to get the racing done, which was interesting. I was wondering if they were actually going to have to somewhat either postpone or even maybe you know potentially cancel it because how long would they be able to just hold the venue you know into the AMs and still expect these guys to be able to race if they had con- you know a few more continuous lightning strikes? It would have been interesting to see what they had to do at that point, but obviously we didn't get that far into it, so probably lucky in that sense. Yeah, no, I'm not sure, and I I think I heard them say that they had to wait 25 minutes until after the lightning had finished to even then start thinking about going back. Yeah, that's part um, of the policy, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, who knows? You know, I think they were just gathering all the data from, you know, the people looking at the weather and stuff, you know, they'd have their professionals there looking at all that. Um, but, yeah, you know, there's, I know a lot of people left, Um yeah, they were just like, no, nah, we're out. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not sure how long you can, you know, like you said, hold people there until they want to, you know, start. Yeah. I was surprised at how many actually, from the crowd point of view, when they did get to the main events that were still in the stadium, like obviously they lost a lot of people, you know, they just went home. But there was still a decent crowd for the for the most of the most of those you know, two main events that were still left to run. So that was impressive the the crowd stuck around which was was nice to see yeah no and you know they're all wearing their raincoats and everything like that and i suppose you know you you pay the money you're not you know i know some people do but i uh i wouldn't be walking out after i'd spent money you know i've never seen uh supercross mud race and i'd say there's probably other people who haven't so um yeah why not yeah, you're there. You 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 got the ability to get a raincoat while you're in that long delay from from one of the, you know the the vending stands. Why not just stick it out, or even just you you could probably find a spot underneath the you know the the concourse or something and and just watch from there because there was not that many people left over. I'd I'd be there. I'd be watching it to till the end. So, yeah, no, well done to those people that stuck it out and stayed for the for the entire time through those rain 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 bits as well. So nice work. Now, let's quickly go back, but on the day, let's go back to the start of the day and obviously all the Eli Tomac hoo-ha from his little little crash in that uh, practice session there. It was uh, an interesting one. Everybody seemed to blow it out of proportion and, and he was fine. Thanks for asking. He was, he was fine. And I said as such in many of the Twitter comments, if you want to check the, the, Twitter, the Twitter logs, but uh, everyone seemed to think it was some major injury to Tomac and he literally got up and walked off from what I could tell straight away in the couple of videos I saw when I when I needed to find out about it. It was, it was really obvious that he was going to be fine. Yeah, I don't know. I think the, uh, you know, he limped off the track a little bit and then limped up the tunnel and I think that's sort of what everyone, you know, once they saw that, I think everyone just thought the worst, I guess. Um especially the position that he's in and, you know, who he is. He doesn't make mistakes like that. Uh, so, yeah, I think everyone was just a bit taken back by it and, yeah, obviously just thinking the worst straight away. 
Yeah, look, he was fine. He, I said to I said to somebody, don't be surprised if he wins, and he got second and he extended his points lead. So I think it was pretty accurate on that one. But uh, yeah, he was fine, and he will be fine this week too. We'll talk a little bit more about what a char- what the hell a Charlie horse is in the emergency department later on. But uh, but yeah, he was fine. Anstey and Barsha, big nights for those two guys. Even probably bigger for Anstey than than Barsha, but all the same, they had a pretty impressive night for the two of them. Yeah, and I think uh, Anstey's just one of those that, you know, he, he's done well all year, and I think I said at the start of the year, you know, I'd he'd be one that would, um, you know, be a bit of, of a surprise after racing over here and winning the Australian Supercross Championship. But I don't think he wins a race if it's not muddy. Um, but, yeah, his riding in the mud was just unbelievable. Uh, I know Jet did get close at the end, but... Um, yeah, to lead, you know, start to finish, just take it easy, and you know, he's that's that's a big win for for that team. Yeah, it definitely was um, nice to see. Obviously, like Yareev's team get that achievement, but he took advantage of the situation to to his strong suits. He got a good start. He rode a smart race. He kept his goggles clean. He did well. You know, can't take it away from him. He's now got an AMA Supercross win. So well done, Max Anstey. Uh, I just dis- I'm, if 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 I'm honest, I'm disappointed in his uh, podium speech. It was a bit short for my liking. I think uh, Daniel Blair was trying to cut him off. <laughs> yeah, no, I think everyone was waiting for the podium speech, and it yeah it wasn't up to uh, up to his standards no, <laughs> by his, any means. His, his ones from earlier in the season, where he was in second or third or whatever it was, they were better than the win. I thought you know this one was a bit bit uh, subpar, but. Uh, Anyway, I'm sure he'll be back with, with more at some point soon. Now, let's um, quickly touch on a couple of injuries and that uh, have happened. And, and I'm actually not in a position to talk about one of them because you've been watching the vlog and I haven't actually seen it yet. But Christian Craig has had the work done on his elbow that he had to wait a week or so for the swelling to go down and he's finally had that work done. But apparently it's all, all uh, video evidenced in his vlog this week, mate. Yeah, so there's two different editions of the vlog. Uh, one shows the actual surgery itself and one doesn't. So for the people that uh, don't want to see that, uh, you can watch the other one. But, um, yeah, no, they take, took the camera in there and um, showed, you know, showed what was broken in his elbow and what they were going to do to fix it and explain how they were going to fix it. Um, they had to take a bone graft out of the front of his leg, uh, so it shows them doing that as well. Um, and yeah, he's got a little plate now in his elbow, but he's got that full full range of motion again because uh, they were twisting his arm while it was cut open, so you could see actually how the joint works. Um, and yeah, so now he's into recovery mode. And uh, but yeah, if you if you don't like watching that stuff, I advise that. Yeah, don't watch that extended cut. <laughs> You've got to have a strong stomach to see that sort of stuff. Not everybody likes the, the blood and the internal guts. It can, can turn your stomach upside down pretty quick if you're not used to it. So, yeah, good good warning on that one, Benny. But, um, yeah, it sounds interesting. I'm going to have to find that one and watch it. And obviously the bone graft side of things is interesting to see as well because there's a few different types that they can do with that stuff now. Like I personally had some... Uh, some synthetic bone graft uh, injected into my hip with my most recent surgeries for my own injuries. 
Um, and I've also had the the style where they they dig the bone out of your hip for a different injury many many years back. So it's uh, interesting how that all goes. But I was be su- I'm surprised that they had to do something for him. Obviously, it must have been a decent break to that. You, I think you mentioned it was for that radial head area when we were talking before we, we hit record for, for that. But, yeah, obviously it's a nasty injury to, to be going for a bone graft. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the, there's a part near the radial head that is like a soft cushion and apparently that was all compressed. And so that's where all that bone graft, you know, they put it straight back in there to try and act as that cushion. So... Uh, hopefully it works and yeah, hopefully he gets back, you know, it gets back to as good as it can be. And I think the, um, I mean, judging by the video, there's a part where he sort of gets off, uh, gets out of the airport and just quickly scoots to a train. Uh, I don't think the hip is, uh, worrying him too much either by the look of it. Yeah. The hip I saw, I think I saw the one, uh, just, he was getting a review done. It must've been the last week's vlog. And it was just after he'd had like a day or two after he'd had it put back in, he was getting another doctor's review done. And he was up walking around and, and fine. So clearly the hip itself is good. Obviously nothing else was broken. The cup was fine. The the the, the labrum was fine. So, you know, it's it's dislocations are, are sometimes really good in the sense they just go back in and they're completely fine. And hopefully that's the case for him with the hip and it looks to be that way so far. Uh, but you obviously won't know until he stresses it in a, a bit more of a physical load. But he's got a long rhotic head with 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 a bone graft coming out, and then going into it, he's now got two sites that have got to get repairs, like recover from. But the bone itself then has to take those bone grafts take a little bit longer to really go solid than just the bone break. Where you know they say it's six weeks, the bone grafts can be a little bit longer and potentially not even take. So be interesting to see how that goes and hopefully it's just straightforward but don't expect to see him back anytime soon no that's right and i think he's lucky in a sense that uh his hip dislocation wasn't like thrash at nate thrashes and you know had the bone bone fragments floating around in there otherwise he'd have um yeah he'd it'd be a bit longer yeah, you make a good point too because that they were so close together and they're two different types of dislocations christian's obviously Nice and simple, went straight back in. Nothing else sort of happened, you know, no trauma to anything else. But Thrasher got the the raw end of the deal and had some fragments and had to get stuff cleaned up. So, yeah, two very different types of dislocations there for the two guys. But another injury that's happened, and it's not in our emergency list this week as such because it's not in the races that is occurring in the AMA series as such, but Justin Bogle's had a big one again, unfortunately. he's He's got quite the list of injuries, does Bogle. Uh, but he's been trying to get ready for the Canadian Nationals and uh, has had a big one, it seems. Managed to break a forearm, had to get some surgery there, and he's got a whopper of a swelling on his lower back that will be quite painful and quite swollen for some time. That thing looks ugly. Yeah, it's not nice. It's it's like just the bottom half of his body to his waistline is just blue purple yellow whatever you want to call it it's like skittles um, mate it's all the yeah. colors of the rainbow yeah <laughs> it is yeah it is not nice at all uh, that's going to be quite painful and even just to can you imagine like you've seen the pictures of where it sits and you just tried to describe it for the listeners is that lower back region 
anytime you try to sit in a chair, any sort of chair, it's going to be hurt, hurting. He's going to have to – you'd barely be able to get comfortable anywhere for the next two to three weeks. It, it would be a nightmare. Yeah, and uh, he he got a massive lump on his back, which uh, would all – and I think it's basically got like burn marks on it, like it's got skin off, uh, which looks like burn marks. Uh, and yeah, that, and that just alone without the bruising or the, you know, the lump would be bad. So, uh, put all, put all of them together and yeah, sleeping and sitting, it's probably not going to be his best friend. No, he's going to be uncomfortable for quite a few weeks. And I saw that they were talking about him potentially still making the start of the Canadian nationals. And I, I sort of cringe at that one, but it's possible, but yeah, it's going to be tight on that one. I think he's going to maybe miss one or two here here for that series when it kicks off. I'm not actually sure of the dates, but it's uh, not looking great for, for Bogle at this point in time. And also, he's still got that uh, World Supercross deal that he's got in place. Uh, hopefully, he can be all fine for that as well because that's not too far off in the future as well either. That's only, oh, what, it kicks off in 70-odd days or something like that. So it's not very far away at all. Rough spot for him to be in coming into two two potential new series for him uh, here in the near future. But anyway, another injury to the list for Bogle. All right, let's uh, let's jump into our favourite topic for the week. It's the Always Motor Fantasy League on Pulp MX Fantasy. Uh, it's been an up and down week for all of us, as despite the fact Benny had a win. It probably wasn't your best score going around, mate, but um, the mud did that to, I think, a lot of people this week. Yeah, no, it wasn't the greatest score I've had, uh, but you're right. I can't, you know, everyone this week was affected by mud. Um, I didn't pick a mud team, that's for sure. Um, and, yeah, you know, I, I'll, it was a win, but it's it's hard to take that win when, you know, everyone was at an unfair advantage with, you know, they were stuck with what they'd picked and a lot of us wouldn't have picked who we did if, you know, we knew that there was – going to be a big delay and then a big downpour. Yeah, it's not even not even that. Like, you know, you, you still might have picked similar guys, but just for whatever reason, you know, one of the guys has a minor goggle issue and goes for, goes for a quick pit stop and disappears all the way to the back, you know, or just drops it and can't restart the bike, a la RJ Hampshire. But... Um, <laughs> It, I'm not sure. We'll, I'm not sure if we call that a drop, well, or we call that a uh, drop in the ocean. What do we call that? <laughs> it's drop in the ocean. There's enough water coming out of that to, uh, you know, fill a couple of swimming pools. So it was an interesting moment that one. But yeah, like you know, he was in a good score, point scoring position to end up with F all basically from a fantasy point of view. He he screwed a few people out of out of their their points for the night. So. Yeah, he also screwed himself out of a fair bonus check, but that's that's his problem. So, yeah. Anyway, now let's uh, let's recap on where we are in our league. Now, Benny's overall score is two thousand eight hundred and fifty nine, and currently sitting seventy first in the league of one hundred and ten. So, mate, you've had a shocker of a season, and I have dropped a couple of positions because I had a really bad round at East Rutherford. It was actually my worst of the season. I'm down in 28th with 3,165 points. So I dropped down. I was hoping to sort of claw back into that top 20, but I'm going the wrong way, mate. 
Yeah, well, I've dropped 61 positions, so, you know, think yourself lucky there. <laughs> yeah, anyway. All right, let's um let's jump into your teams from last week to see where it all went wrong. For myself, I'll go first. I've got it up and ready to go. My 250 team, I managed to max out with Carson Mumford on 52 points, but that was about the highlight of my night. I had RJ Hampshire who threw away max points and got himself 12. I had Joe Shimoda, who I think would have been a fantastic pick if it was dry, but ended up only with 12 points because he didn't even get double because of his handicap. And then Pierce Brown, I really should know better with Pierce, but he only got 12 points as well. Uh, So, yeah, really rough three riders in that four. Um, If it wasn't for Carson, this could have been a whole, whole lot worse for myself. How about yourself, Benny? What was your 250 team for East Rutherford? Um, I went Jet as my all-star. I uh, just wasn't going to risk anyone else. And I wanted uh, I wanted Hunter for this week. So I just picked Jet. Um, 23 points because he got second. So not, not maxed out as an all-star, but I'll take 23 points. Uh, Enzo Lopes got me 34 points. Cullen Park got me 46 points. And then, uh, yeah, good old Pierce Brown, who I switched Carson Mumford out for, uh, 12 points. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that's, that one would hurt, but anyway. Um, now, 450 teams, I don't know how much better yours was, but uh, mine was okay, but not fantastic. I had, had Justin Barsha, which was awesome, maxed out on the All-Star, 26 points. Had Kyle Chisholm get 32. I was disappointed. Justin Hill, I thought, was going for a great finish, but he managed to go down early in the race and had to fight his way back. He still got good points. He got 32 points, but I think he, I think he, if he's not, if he doesn't go down in that early stages, his night's a lot different and he has a lot more points. But anyway, and then I had Josh Hill, and that was a nine point effort from Josh Hill. So that was my low point for 450s. Yes, that's uh, that's not ideal. No. How about yours, four fifty team, mate? What did you have for four fifties in East Rutherford? So I've stuck away from Colt Nichols the whole season, and a big gap of that he wasn't riding. And I thought I'm going to pick him on the weekend. Uh, I'm not sure if he fell off or he's just no good in the mud, but he got me eight points. <laughs> Um, Benny Bloss got me 42 points, so coming through again. Uh, Grant Harlan got me 32 points, and Kenny maxed out at the uh, at 26 points. That's not too bad, but yeah, obviously, um, your first one there at eight points, no good for, for Colt Nichols. So, anyway, all right, let's look ahead to something hopefully a bit drier and hopefully a bit more point scoring for both of us, uh, and we can restore the normal order of me winning the round. Um, Let's talk about teams for Nashville, and it's an East Coast round. Uh, have you got your team up for your 250s, mate? I have have got my team up. Who are you going to go for 250 teams? I'll let you go first. All right, so I've got Tom Vial. Uh, he's not an all-star this week, I think, for the first time uh, at a zero handicap. Mm-hmm. Uh, last two races haven't been great for him, but I think uh, I think we'll stick it out and see how we go. Uh, I've got Luke Neese at an eight, uh, Henry Miller at a two. Uh, he was pretty close last week to getting into the LCQ, I think, and then uh, ended up with a good hit to 
not a great area. Mm, I'm going to mention that. So later, hopefully, yep. <laughs> yeah. So so hopefully he's all right. And uh, I've got Anstey as my all star because I did say before I wanted Hunter this week, but at a minus one, it's uh, it's not worth it. Not worth the pick. No, I've pretty much got exactly the same team except for Henry Miller. I've got Jace Owen at a three. So I think uh, obviously we're thinking along similar lines there, mate. We're uh, you know trying to trying to just outdo each other with one rider. Anyway, four um, fifties. I'll go for it first on this one. I've actually noticed that Adam Cincerulo has moved into All Star status um, somehow and is a seven handicap. So I figure, despite the fact he missed last week and is coming back from a concussion, I can't see him not being eighth or better. It just Yeah, I think he was an, an all-star last week. Was he? Uh, he must have only just over become all-star week. recently, but... But um, but yeah. Anyway, look, it looks like it look, looks like an easy twenty six points on that one for me. So I've gone Adam Cincerulo. Now the next three, you mentioned your your favourite rider that gave you eight points. I've got Colt Nichols this week with a three, so I'm hoping it's dry. Uh, and I've got Grant Harlan at an eight, and Justin Starling, who's been turning things around a little bit after a mid season knee injury, uh, he's at a ten. So I think he's pretty good for some points this week. Yep, I can agree to that because he's uh, he's on my team as well. Yeah, right. So who else is who's the other three for your four fifties? Um, so again, same as you. I've got AC. Yeah. Uh, at but a you're seven. a super yeah, fan. Just... You're going to pick AC every other week because that's you would pick him every week if you're allowed to. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, then I've got Freddie Noren. Okay, who's been a bit up and down for me this year, but um, yeah, he's he's in this week, and I've got Josh Hill. So out of six, and that's the first time I picked Josh. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Oh, he'll be fine this week. The, the, you know, he he did his he did his dash last week for me with with bugger all points. So he'll be perfect for you this week. Yeah, I hope so. That's how it usually goes. Now let's um let's congratulate one of our um players from the from the league, RLE Mako. Uh, we picked fifty sixth as our random prize winner for the Bolt Everywhere. MX gloves last week and he won and he's emailed us everything. He had already done it at the beginning of the season. He'd already emailed fantasy at alwaysmoto.com so that he was eligible for prizes. I had his details. I've messaged Rick. Rick has responded. Rick has got the gloves on the way already to him. Uh, and he's also managed to pick the random prize winner for another set of Bolt Everywhere gloves this week. Uh, and he wanted to pick... Um, he wanted to pick 41, but unfortunately we've already done that at <laughs> round 13. <laughs> so we've picked again, and this week it's going to be actually a quite a, uh, a high finisher. It's going to be third position this week, mate. Yeah, right. Eh? I think no, that that's wipes good. You out well, of contention. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, uh, oh, well, I was only I was only three places off the gloves this week, so yeah, but that's, uh, who knows if position. I'm if I'm. If if I'm three places uh, this week, I'll be happy. Yeah, well, I'd I'd be happy too, but uh, I don't think I don't think either of us have seen that high on the on the on the leaderboard this season, have we? Oh, I think I might have got close to that, and only two or so rounds ago. But um, yeah, that was once in in was it thirteen rounds now, fourteen rounds. So yeah, yeah it's not, yeah. not likely to repeat itself anytime soon. No, but uh, yeah, no. Well done to him, and it's good that we finally got a prize out to. Uh, to someone. 
Yeah, well, look, it's more just that they actually responded and, and participated. So we've got a couple of them out there. There's a couple still pending that need some emails back from you guys. So if you're listening, give those people a nudge and say, hey, idiots, I've, they've been messaging you. Um, I've, I've, I've repeat messaged a couple of people now. Um, so we're trying to give these prizes away, but people just don't want to seem to actually respond, which is beyond me. But anyway, um, so yeah, we've got another set of Bolt everywhere. MX gloves up for grab this week for third position in the league, which would be awesome. Uh, and then I think what we'll have, because that will only have two rounds to go, we'll have to check the prizes pool there. We'll, we'll see what we've got left. And then obviously we're going to be coming very close to having the uh, overall results coming through. So we'll have to confirm what we've got left and we'll give out those prizes for first to whatever position we can get back to with whatever prizes we have left. So... Uh, be on the lookout and make sure that you've emailed fantasy at alwaysmoto.com to be eligible for those season-ending prizes um, and be following all the sponsors' pages of our Fantasy League. And those sponsors are Coastal Motorcycle Centre, Goat Brand MX, Thor MX Australia, Michelin Australia, Ringmaster Images, Helltech Australia and Bolt Everywhere. So appreciate those guys being on board. Uh, it's been good to have a lot more prizes in the season this year and a lot more players uh, obviously it's getting a few more people between me and Benny when Benny does a crap round, which is handy. And, uh, but yeah, and it's been awesome, awesome having you guys on board so far. So we'll have to start to work out what we're going to have going for outdoor season. Uh, but we'll bring some more news on that here in the next few weeks. Once Supercross is done, you got anything else to add for fantasy, Benny? Um, yeah, just going back to you saying, you know, thanks to everyone for, you know, coming across and playing mm-hmm. um, from where we were at the start. And, uh, you know, we've said it before and I'll just say it again. You know, we had maybe 15, 20 players and uh, to end up with 110 players has made the uh, made the game a lot more interesting this year. And, um, you know, we've got plenty of positions that we can choose now on a weekly basis to give the, give the prizes out. So, um yeah, it's a big step up this year from yeah what we've had what we had last year. Yeah, look, if you're on that too, because obviously we're going to have a a change of seasons here from Supercross to Motocross here in a couple of weeks. It'll open up the league again to have more people join. So, uh, if you've got other mates playing in the in other leagues or not in a league at all, um, get them to join. All they've got to do is send me an email at fantasy at alwaysmoto I think I've said that three or four times now. I'm repeating myself, but um. They all have got to do is send that email in and they will, they'll be part of the league and eligible for prizes. They don't have to do anything. You're not buying into it. Um, it's just it's a free league. We're just promoting it here. We're trying to get some exposure for our league and for our sponsors of the league. Um, so, yeah, it's really easy to be a part of. you just got to put some tips in each week. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's yeah it's been a lot more interesting and a lot more fun and then especially when you're in the uh when you're in the fantasy chat on instagram the the weekend yeah it's a lot more fun to play and banter on with everyone in the chat so uh yeah make sure you join in if you're not in when uh when the new season starts yeah i think that le- the the chat thing's also been handy too for um confirming if somebody's in or out as well like we've all got some different information coming in uh, you know, and we've been able to confirm who's in or out for picks, so that's been useful as well. So it's just nice having that group chat. It's been it goes pretty much non-stop 
all week, which is awesome, just with random stuff. But yeah, the the race days, it's uh, it's like you're sitting with you know a crowd of twenty or so watching the race and just bantering around it. It's it's pretty fun to be a part of. So send us a DM if you want to be a part of it, and when you do, if you do want to join the league for the motocross season, please do. Uh, and we can get you into that that chat league uh, chat group there as well. Uh, it's all part of the fun. All right, I think that uh, covers us for fantasy talk this week. Um, good luck, Benny. I hope you lose again. And uh, we'll take a quick break here on the Always Moto Podcast. It's Lorenzo Locurcio. You're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. Lorenzo Locurcio, aquí estamos en el Always Moto Podcast. Escúchalo. All right, guys and girls, we are back. Thanks for listening to the Always Moto Podcast, episode 58. That's right, 58 episodes of the Always Moto Podcast. Thanks for you guys and girls out there for listening to us and supporting the show here at Always Moto. And if you want to support the show and rock one of these badass T-shirts at the races, you just need to send us an email to info at alwaysmoto.com.com. No dots after that, just.com. Uh, and send us, a, send us a, an email asking for a T-shirt. And we'll get back to you about ordering that through our PayPal um, and we can get that sent out to you ASAP. They're $25 plus postage and handling. Now, let's jump into this emergency department for East Rutherford and look at those guys coming back or going out that won't be there for this week's round in Nashville. The emergency department. All the injuries, all the gory details and when they'll be back on track. It's the list you really don't want to be on. You do not want to be on this list ever if you can help it. But unfortunately, hashtag injuries are a part of moto and you'll more than likely end up on this list at some point in your career if you are racing the pro series. Even if you're just riding a motorbike in the back paddock, you'll probably end up on this list at some point. Now, some things to note. This isn't our out from from Rutherford. This isn't our in for Nashville. This is our just things to note. Let's go back to that Eli Tomac crash from practice there. Everybody was worried about knees last year. Oh, he hurt his knee last year. Did he just re-aggravate it? Guys, you really got to watch the footage. The guy gets up, limps off. He's holding his mid-thigh. He's not holding his knee. He walked off, basically. Yeah, he limped. It wasn't that bad. He bumped it. as If you watch the replay, he bumps his leg through the bars as he goes over. He's just got a cork thigh. Now, let's we'll talk about those definitions in a second. But if you check my Twitter logs, you'll see I straight away, as soon as I saw that video, I said he'll be fine and he'll probably win. He didn't win. He got second. I was damn close. He also extended his points lead, so I'm going to take that as a win. He was fine. That that was not an issue. He didn't twist his knee, nothing. It could have been much worse if he was going quicker, but he was going at such slower rate. I think that's what saved him in the end, basically. But let's talk about the fact that what the hell's a Charlie horse? What's a cork thigh? What's a dead leg? What's a hematoma? <laughs> They're all basically the same damn thing. But the Charlie horse has lost its definition, and that's where I think people got confused because in Charlie horse in America it has two definitions. It's a cork thigh, but it's also used for, uh, in baseball terms, about cramping. Now, it, they're sort of similar because you can't exactly extend the leg or use the muscle the same. It will cramp or it will restrict, but it's a, to do with a bruising and a swelling pocket that forms in that muscle from that impact or a hard impact into the muscle belly. Uh, so it's a cork thigh. It's a dead leg. They can stay – the thing with those injuries is as long as you stay warm on the day, 
you're going to be fine. You can manage to move through it. If you stop for an extended period and try to ask it to warm back up, that can be where the problem kicks in. Um, but for Eli Tomek, he would have known that. He would have had people around him there and then working on him to maintain that leg's ability to move and stay warm. And as you saw, by the time, even with that delay in the, in the lightning side of things, he was fine in the, in the main event. Nothing to worry about. But, and by the time he comes around for Nashville, he'll be fine as well. He might have been sore. The but that I was going to just say, the but is he might have been sore Monday or Tuesday post-race. But that would have been such short-lived. He probably just stretched a few things, warmed up, and he probably still did his normal routine for the week. That's how good it was. It wasn't an issue at all. Logan Leitzel, privateer on a Kawasaki. We've been in touch with him after a big injury that he's had just recently. He's unfortunately had a bit of a bike bike malfunction that's unfortunately all too un, all too common in our industry. Um, you know, parts fail. Unfortunately, it's how things work. They're not built to last forever. And it's caused him to have a concussion and he's had some damage to his knee and to his thigh. Now, he's actually managed to injure his vastus lateralis and vastus medialis. Now, for those that don't know what the hell they are, those are muscles that make up your quadriceps. The vastus lateralis is the outside part of your, your quad muscle. The vastus medialis is that nice little bump you'll get right next to your knee uh, when you've got a strong knee from a lot of cycling or a lot of end range extension. Those two, that one actually controls the kneecap positioning, but both of those are going to extend the leg, and he's having some major issues with that at the moment because he severed the vastus lateralis and damaged the vastus medialis a lot. He still has the um, the middle part, and he still has the um, I've just got forgotten the bloody word. I'm just a terrible physio right now, but there's still four portions. That's why it's called the quadricep. There's still two other parts of the muscles of that quadricep group to, to work that are working there, but he severely impacted the ability for it to, to function as it should. So he is currently waiting surgical options. We'll have to wait and see what that ends up being for him. Uh, but we'll have to just check back with him in a few weeks' time. He's unfortunately out for the foreseeable future for understandable reasons. Uh, we mentioned this on our YouTube video last time. Now, we do emergency department on the podcast, and it links over and we have one on the YouTube. Now, usually the YouTube goes out the next day, so we usually record the podcast on a Thursday night, pretty late, as per this one. Oh, and we've just had the phone fall off with the video camera feed. Good effort there, David. Good effort. Let's get that back and going. We've just had our sticky. So that'll be great for the YouTube footage. You'll see that disappear into the background. That'll be a fail, epic fail. Come on, someone will find that on the internet. Um, but yeah, on the YouTube show, we sometimes throw in some extra information that we've had come through in that next 12 hours before we've got the YouTube video out. And this was one of them. Carter Stevenson, who we had on the podcast a few episodes back, he had a broken elbow um, forearm issue going on that was keeping him out for quite some time. He's unfortunately riding his Harley on the road and managed to have be run off the road by another car. He's broken the same damn area. He's had to have that all reworked. He's had plates re removed and reinserted. He's hoping it will actually help him in the long run because it will have fixed some of the other issues that he was having. Um, but we have to wait and see how that works out. He's hoping it will only be sort of a six- to eight-week recovery from this injury. He may then turn to want to get those plates out this time. We'll see how that works out for him. But at this stage, he looks like he's going to be missing the beginning of the outdoors. He's going to miss the end of Supercross. Uh, and and look, it's just a bit of a shitty situation that it wasn't really his fault. 
and it wasn't even on a you know supercross track. It was out on the road on a Harley. So rough go for Carter Stevenson. We might try and catch up with him again in the near future. Jeremy Martin, we talked about last week, was going to be fine for the race. Turns out he wasn't. As soon as I finished the podcast, I found out basically that he actually had collapsed a lung in that crash, which makes a lot of sense. He was short of breath and, you know, had that chest region that was injured. Couldn't fly to East Rutherford. That was the only reason that he suggested that he wasn't able to race that weekend. Now, why can't you fly with a compressed, uh, collapsed lung? Well, even if it's reinflated, why can't you do it within a week or so of, of that injury? You risk recollapsing it. The pressure changes that occur when you're in a plane, the reduced oxygen, the atmospheric pressure changes can all lead to increased respiration needs, which then also can put extra pressure and, and strain onto the lung and cause you to reburst that area of collapse that, that was punctured essentially and lead it to a further collapsed lung. And then you can further collapse the rest of the lung. Now, the lung isn't just one big bag. It's smaller compartments, front and back and top and bottom and middle. And they can then, of course, that one section collapses, it can put strain on the others. And with that extra pressure in the flight, the whole lung can collapse on the one side, potentially even both in extreme circumstances. So it's really important that you don't fly within a week or two of a collapsed lung. Now, he's going to be right on that border for this next week's race in Nashville. Sounds like he's going to be coming back. Be interesting to see how that works out for him. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if he waits one more week or if he even waits all the way through the rest of the season. Uh, just to be ready for the outdoors. But Jeremy's been having a reasonable season so far. Not great. He hasn't hit the podium yet, but I think that's on his bucket list for this season. So he might be wanting to try and get back for this round at Nashville. Um, So he'll be on the border of that flight or not flight sort of thing. He'll probably be getting checked out by his doctor this week to make sure that he's A-OK to fly um, and make sure he's good to be on track as well. Garrett Marchbanks, uh, he's back on the bike, which is awesome. He's had that uh, broken arm. He's had the plates removed. He's been slowly building back up to it. We see him, if you watch those Club MX vlogs, he's back on the Supercross track. We are hearing that he might be back for the last two rounds of Supercross, which would be awesome. So that would be the West Coast round at Denver and the East-West showdown at Salt Lake City, which would be a nice way for him to get a couple of gate drops before he heads into the outdoor season. So hopefully plans, plan A still stays intact and you see him on the race, uh, on the track for the last two rounds. Now, Mason Kerr, we're not 100% sure of the details. We reached out to Mason this week. He had he pulled out of the races at East Rutherford. He had some issues with a pain in the hand from a previous injury. We reached out to him. We haven't really got a descriptive response that we can put out to you guys. He may be on track this weekend. He may not be. I suspect that he will be, but... We don't have that in in concrete that we can present to you guys here really, really carefully. So I don't like to sort of claim this or that. I like to know my information direct. So that's why I'm saying I can't really say either way. But he had a hand issue from a previous injury and that's as far as we know at this stage. We'll check back with him again tomorrow. So by the time this YouTube video comes out, there might be some extra bits tacked onto the end for this one. you have to wait and see. Now, out from injuries... And this first one might not be an out as such, but let's see what happens this week. East Rutherford claimed a couple of riders. Obviously, there was the Eli Tomac crash in practice. There was also an Aaron Plessinger crash. Now, if you haven't seen his crash, it's only just sort of come up on a motocross action Instagram post recently. And he has a nice little over-the-bars experience and literally hip into the third jump 
fourth jump. I think it was actually the next one in succession. Just slams his hip straight in it. Now he jumps up straight away and runs off and sits down on the tough block or just next to the tough block on the side of the track. So the, they, the, the hip initially was obviously painful, but he was also coughing up blood. And that's what's pre- prevented him from racing the main event, we think. He's had the hip x-rayed on site. There was nothing wrong. But he did go for further checks, which was an awesome idea. And he's had an MRI done and he's cleared his hip of any issues, which is great. He probably has a lot of bruising and swelling and just some general stiffness and soreness in that area. And it was his right hip, I think it was, if I'm looking at the video correctly. But the internal bleeding, something has caused that to happen. Whether he's done something in his lungs, whether he bit his tongue, not really sure. That wasn't really spoken about. Uh, But that would have been the reason for him keeping himself out of that. Unfortunately, it would have been a great race for him because it was a mud event. He loves the mud. But he was out for East Rutherford. Now, on his Instagram post this week, he's indicated that he's preparing himself to be back this week in Nashville, which would be awesome. But we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. There's been a few days since that's happened and obviously a few days yet to, to uh, to the race day. Lots of things can happen and change in that time. So we'll see. He may be back. He may not be. We've spoken to Josh Varese of that AEO KTM team. Uh, he had a nasty concussion uh, at East Rutherford. If anyone saw that coverage when he got up and walked over to the mule, he was not looking the you know 100% healthy at that stage. We've asked Josh, and yeah, he confirmed not not great. He can't remember much about the weekend, unfortunately, and that's one of the signs of a you know a significant concussion. He's indicated to us at this stage he's on a concussion protocol, but he's likely going to sit himself out. Now, obviously, he's racing west, so this week's an east race, but he's also going to potentially sit out Denver in the following week as well just to give himself plenty of time to be recovered, which is a great idea given the level of his concussion, Uh, but he is on the protocol and he is following the guidelines as per the AMA set out, which is awesome to see that he's actually doing the right thing to try and recover appropriately. Now, making returns this week for Nashville, uh, which was one which was caused, we've already sort of spoken about, was Jeremy Martin. Ideally, he's back on track. Adam Cincerullo had a concussion, unfortunately. He came together in practice with Justin Barsha at East Rutherford, had a minor concussion. And look, I want to applaud Adam Cincerullo for actually noting on his post when he's updating people about his injury that he was on concussion protocol. How hard was that, guys? He said it. We saw that he hit his head. We pretty much know that he's on con protocol. Thank you, Adam, for actually saying to people that you are on the protocol and you are following those guidelines and you are taking the precautions to make sure that your health is up to scratch before you go racing. Ideally, his was a minor concussion. He'll be able to follow that AMA return to ride program, which is a five-step program. He'll be back ready to go by next weekend or this weekend, I should say, in Nashville. Henry Miller, we had him on the show last week. He had his career best finish the week before in Atlanta. Unfortunately, in the last corner, he manages to go down in the LCQ and miss the main event. And in that incident in that last corner, he's managed to hit the family jewels, the nuts, the balls, whatever it is you want to call them. He hit that region. You blokes out there, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone's had it happen at least once in their life and it's not pleasant. He, he was fine. He is fine. It just at that moment in time, you know what it's like. It it drops you. And he had to lay there for a few minutes to just get him back out of his throat, essentially. But I've checked in with Henry. He'll be fine, which is awesome. Now, that's our uh, emergency department for this week. There was a fair bit happening last week uh, with that with that East Coast East Rutherford round. Hopefully, Nashville is a bit quieter on those sorts of things. 
We've got to get a few of these guys through the rest of these rounds to make sure that the outdoors isn't very scarce. Like we talked about in last week, we've had a pretty high injuries per round number this year, which when we did it last week was about 7.8. It's been high, and we, we need to make sure that a lot of these guys can get through the series without more of them disappearing before outdoors starts because otherwise outdoors is going to look pretty scarce. All right, but that's the emergency department for this week. We'll have maybe potentially more updates on our Instagrams and social media pages through through the last few days before the race day. So please check out those if you haven't already uh, and make sure you subscribe to those, uh, you know, the videos, the YouTube, subscribe and like to it. Please do it right now. Subscribe and, and, fo- um, and follow the feed for the podcast and same thing on the social pages. You'll be up to date with all things injuries in moto. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a quick break here. We might actually just jump straight into Dave's diatribe, which is actually linked to Adam Sincerulo. So let's hit the uh, drop here and make sure we get the right one. This is Dave's diatribe. What's a diatribe? A diatribe is a forceful and bitter attack against someone or something. So keep your head down. You might be next. You could be next. We go after everybody and anything here sometimes. Other times it's pretty tame. This one's pretty tame, but it's something I really want to. I'm, I'm fairly passionate about, and I want to see more being done with this concussion protocol. When I check in with the guys after they've had concussions, and they're much as there is an AMA protocol, and there's the impact test, and there's the five day return to ride program, or five stage that works out to be five days for most people, it's hit and miss as to whether it's being implemented, monitored, recorded, whatever. What I want to see, whenever there's a concussion, one, I want an independent panel that said, that's reviewing whether these guys need to go on protocol or not. But two, the main thing that I want to see this week that, I'm, that I thought is a really good idea, we have the AMA uh, post-race um, penalty list that comes out, you know, such and such, block pass, such and such. They get a, they're, on susp- they're, they're on probation for six months. Such and such cut the track. He's got a fine of $6,000. Whatever the fine or the penalty is, it's listed on this AMA list after each round. What I want to see is that that list then starts incorporating the concussion protocol list. And it lists out this guy is on, you know, for this week, it was Adam Cincerulo's on protocol this week. And he requ- he's required to provide an impact test by this date to return for Nashville. At least list the rider. And then at least you can say after that week, you can remove that rider and say, Adam Cincerulo was cleared for return to riding at Nashville and then he can be disappeared off that list. But I want to see a published list of those riders on the protocol so we can start to understand how many of them are actually being put onto the protocol and if the protocol is actually being followed and utilised as it's intended to help the health and safety of these guys in their, in their riding right now and also their future health down the track because that's where things are more of a problem. It seems to be coming out from the research. So... That's what I want to see this, this uh, you know, coming from this Dave's diatribe is we see more visibility around who's on the concussion protocol and I want the guys to do exactly like Adam, Adam Cincerulo did and come out and say it when he's giving the update. Don't say, oh, I banged my head. Tell people you're on concussion protocol. It's not, we're not idiots. We can work it out. Just be, just be honest with the fans, please. That'd be all. Right, Dave's diatribe, done. Let's just see more concussion protocol visibility. All right, let's take a break here on the Always Moto podcast and we'll be back very shortly. 
Thanks for watching on the YouTube, by the way. That'll be the end of the emergency department segment on the YouTube channel. Let's take a break. Hey, guys, Henry Miller, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. Let's move into our weekly product inspection here on the Always Moto Podcast. And this week's product inspection is the Endurance Recovery Boots. Now, you might have seen me using these on our social medias, on one of our stories or posts recently. They are an air compression system that are a blow-up boot, essentially. Now, a lot of the pro riders, a lot of the professional athletes out there in the world, you might have seen them using these sorts of boots with some tubes hanging off these big sock-looking things uh, that goes through a little, com- you know, little uh, compressing module, basically, uh, that has the, you know, some program options. And they use it for recovery. Now, we've been able to uh, partner up with Endurance Recovery Boots and test these out as part of an Always Moto inspection. And it's been quite enjoyable because it's just like getting a massage, but without all the, um, you know, needing somebody to help you do it. And you can do it in the comfort of your own home, in your own time, in your own space, pretty much doing whatever else you want whilst you're doing it. Uh, because it's just on the legs, you can sit there and scroll your phone, watch your TV show, or you could be listening or watching one of our Always Moto productions on our social channels or on our YouTube channels. It's very easy to do whilst you're doing this. Now, how do they work? They are aiming to increase your blood flow out of the muscles to remove those toxins that are sitting in there and then in turn bring new or encourage fresh blood into the area that's got nutrient-rich to aid that recovery process. So it's helping to relax, remove those bad things, relax the muscles and just make you feel good. Now, these boots have a lot of available pressure in them. They can go up to 240, 280 milligrams of mercury depending on the model that you got from the website there um, I didn't get that high in that ranges it was quite a lot of pressure I preferred the mid range of it so about that 100 120 150 sort of range that seemed to work nicely for me and it still felt a lot of compression so you got to test these things out for you for your personal preferences and obviously you don't go straight into the heavy heavy pressures straight off the bat you won't know what it's like you might not like it it might be painful um, you've got to build up to some of these things over the course of use with this product. But if you stick to that mid-range, um, you'll have a nice relaxing effect with this product. They are available to have different programs. Now, there's three on the model that I'm using, and I prefer the second one because it basically allows the, the boot, as the compartments fill, it maintains the pressure of the overall boot, and then it just works its way from bottom to top. It's a very nice program. I like the way that one feels. The other ones do one compartment at a time or they alternate different patterns. Program 2 seems to be one that I always keep keep going back to. It also lets you change the durations from 10, 20 or 30 minutes. Now, 20 minutes has been about right for me. It's able to fit it into those shorter TV programs on your Netflix or something if you're watching it. Um, but it's also not a massive time constraint that you're doing to do the uh, to get done in the recovery. You obviously don't necessarily need to be doing recovery activities longer than the training activities themselves. So the 20 minutes works pretty good. It's a reasonable amount of time. It is a perfect way to relax um, in your in the evenings or post-session. If you're doing it in the evenings, it helps. As I've found it's helped me relax and get to bed and get to sleep earlier, which is awesome. Um, but when you're doing these pro- in these boots with the with the system on, you can get a little warm in there. So make sure that you are in a nice cool sort of setting. Don't be sitting in front of a nice warm heater and then put the boots on and do it on. You'll find that you start sweating quite a lot in those sorts of things there when that's happening. So find a nice cool spot to do it. Don't wear any loose clothing that ends up inside one of the compartments. So if you if you can, just take off your socks, take off your pants, 
You can leave your undies on if you want to, depending on who's in the room. But you can um, just make sure they're pulled up a little bit so they're not in there because if there's anything that sort of will fold over, it will ind- it will become indented into your leg and that will actually be not what we're trying to go through from the air compression to help move it out. You'll end up with like a sore point from where it's pressed into your leg quite a lot there. So just be aware of that. Make sure those things are outside of the boot and you'll have no troubles with this product whatsoever. Now, check out the prices on their website. They have a lot of available options in turning. The one I used was a four-chamber system. They have now six chambers. They have higher pressures. They have battery options. They have outlet power outlet options. There's a few things that you can pick from to get the right system for yourself, budget, and you know size, and program, and all that sort of things. And whether you're indoors, outdoors, at wanting to use it at the venue, so you need battery. Check out their website. They've got all the answers there for you as to which model would suit yourself best. The website is available in the show links below um, or on our social media channels. Check the bios out. We've got all the links for all the products that we are supporting and provided to us for these inspection articles and, and inspection content. They're all there in the social channels. So check those links out there and you'll be able to purchase via those links. They'll help support us as well as supporting the products that you've found through the Always Moto podcast. All right, guys and girls, thanks for listening. That was the product inspection highlight for the Endurance Recovery Boots. We're going to take a quick break here on the show. Hey, this is Brett Metcalf. You're listening to Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, joining us this week on the Always Moto Podcast. He's been out of action for a few weeks now. Unfortunately, a crash back at Daytona has seen him out of action. Uh, It's the number 115. He's riding for Rocky Mountain Ride Unlimited. It's Jonah Geisler. How are we doing, Jonah? Good. All good. How's the uh, how's everything going? You had a bit of a nasty crash there at Daytona. How's everything feeling? Is everything in back in sort of one position for you now? Uh, yeah, yeah, everything uh, feeling starting to feel better. Um, obviously, I had a head injury, so we uh, we definitely took some time off that that was much needed. But um, but yeah, everything's starting to feel feel a lot better now. Now, do you actually remember the crash at all from, from Daytona there or because of the head injury? Sometimes, obviously, these things get blurred out or, or forgotten. Is that clear for you what happened or not? Uh, yeah, I remember basically all the way up until I hit the ground. Um, and, and yeah, so I just after the uh, finish line there, uh, yeah, I think it was a triple, triple section. And in the second one, um, I just I kind of drug my pegs in the transition. Yeah. And and it sent me up over the bars. Um, and then I actually, I, when I endoed, I landed into the, the fourth one. And so I think that's, uh, that's what got me, got me good. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's, it happens pretty quick on a supercross track. One little mistake, especially like the peg drag too, like that, that can just rip the bike out from under you. And yeah, that's, that's the end of it, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. It happens real quick. So how how is the recovery like? We're talking Daytona was about seven or so weeks ago now. We had a couple of um, like you mentioned, you had the the brain brain injury, brain bleed. Um, you also in, in your post you had the the T one, the T four vertebrae fractures. You had a rib fracture in there. How's all that stuff going? How's the recovery in general? Uh, it's going pretty good. Um, I I definitely say that uh, the head was the worst of it. Um, it took probably about two weeks till I, till I was fully clear again. Um, but I just, I spent a lot of time on the couch, just making sure I wasn't on, uh, on my phone too much and, and trying to definitely pay attention to 
healing my brain up and um, and doing everything they that they asked. And so that was definitely the hardest part. Um, but my back and my ribs were obviously sore as well uh, for for about the same amount of time, two or three weeks. And uh, but everything's feeling good now. And um, and so I actually I had an injury back in 2021 and I actually ended up breaking my tib fib. So the plan this year was right before outdoors, uh, we're actually going to take some time off and get some, uh, some of that hardware out of my leg. And, uh, yeah. And so we actually got to do that a little sooner than we had hoped originally just with my Daytona injury. Um, so on Friday this last week, I I ended up going in and getting a a few screws taken out of my leg because they were bothering me quite a bit, uh, from that previous crash. So, um, so yeah, overall, uh, I was doing great. I, I didn't really have any, uh, symptoms as far as my head or my, my back or my ribs since, uh, Daytona. And then obviously now I'm, I'm kind of laying, laying, laying low again <laughs> on the couch after, after taking my screws out of my legs. So, um, but no, overall, um, feeling good and, and it's already a, a big relief with those screws out of my leg. I already feel a difference. So, uh, so overall we should be, we should be pretty good to roll here soon. Well, that I find that like these interviews, when we do these check-ins, they're always interesting because there's something that comes up that you weren't expecting. And that obviously is the exact that moment for us with the leg side of things for you. And But that's perfect timing, right? Like you've used the recovery period to your advantage to correct a few other things. And I always say about the hardware side of things, like myself as a physio, I've had injuries, I've had some hardware removed. It's great to do it because you feel better for it. But you guys in the pro scene, you never have the time to dedicate that, you know, extra recovery from that procedure to have them out. And then it's sort of usually that six weeks that they say that you should be off it while the bone fills back in or into that hole, with, you know, the screws come out of. You guys don't have that time to do it, but you've used this other injury to your advantage. That's that's an awesome job, man. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And and honestly, it's it, like you said, it's you just never really get the time. And, uh, and so this year you know, we were actually going to sacrifice about half, half of the outdoor season, um, to, to get that done. And, you know, if not more. And so, uh, so it does kind of stink because ever since 2021, when I had this leg injury, I've, I've definitely missed a lot of racing. Um, and, and shoot with that injury, I was off about eight months. Um, so, you know, just a lot of racing was, was the experience of racing was lost and, um, and it's hard to gain that, you know, you could do as many practice laps as you want and, and try to get the, in the best shape. But at the end of the day, it's all about the experience being out there. And, and so, you know, I, I had raced, um, you know, the, the East or I think it was East coast in 2021 in the beginning there. And then, um, I ended up getting hurt, uh, right after my full preseason for 2022. So, uh, you know, a lot of riding kind of gone, yeah. gone to waste, but, but yeah, so no, definitely. Um, yeah, we definitely took this time, um, as a, as a good opportunity to, to get that hardware out, uh, cause it's something that's pretty much been bothering me since I had it done. And, and so, um, so yeah, so unfortunately, you know, I, I didn't get to race as much as I wanted to. And, uh, you know, I was hoping to only take a few outdoor races off, but, you know, at the end of the day, it, it is what it is. And, and I'm glad that we could uh, kind of kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, make the most of the time, definitely, which is, yeah, you've done a really nice job there. So um, 
if it wasn't for this leg, you know, removal of the hardware side of things, would you be pretty much ready to go from the Daytona crash now? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So they actually told me, um, you know, at, at the hospital and, and even with my checkups that they definitely wanted me to take two, two months off before okay. I, I yep. did thing that, that risked me hitting my head, um, you know, in a similar fashion as, as before. So, um, so yeah, so I would be about almost at two month mark. Uh, so I would definitely be, be getting back down to it and, uh, and riding again. Yeah, sure. And so then what have they said to you for this hardware removal? Have they said that sort of six weeks time frame? You've got to be off it from a physical activity point of view from like, obviously from, from a sport point of view, but, um, you can probably train and cycle and stuff in the meantime, or what have they said to you for recovery for this? Yeah. Yep. So they, they said about a month, um, you know, a little more, a little less. It, it just kind of depends on how I'm feeling. Yep. Um, but they said about a month and, they actually told me that I could get back in the gym, just, you know, doing some light stuff at, at a, a week out of surgery. So, uh, so I'm hoping to, you know, within the next couple of days, kind of start doing that. Yeah. That's it's, it's, everyone's slightly different. Like surgeons are, are all a little bit particular about what their post-op looks like for different, different reasons and for different injuries, obviously. But yeah, that there is that chance that you can start doing a lot of stuff in the gym early as long as it's not you know you're not jumping and landing on it so you're not getting that that impact of like a you know plyometric exercise or it's all just sort of you know cabled machines you know where you're pushing against something there's no impact on it that sort of stuff is generally fine um so yeah you should be able to get fairly active here fairly soon which would be probably a nice feeling for you yeah yeah especially after obviously it's been since daytona so um almost you know at the two-month mark of kind of laying low and, and doing stuff at home, but you know, nothing crazy. Uh, and you know, first couple of weeks it was trying to keep the heart rate low cause of my head. And so we're just, uh, yeah, we've just kind of been laying low and, and, you know, hopefully within the next week or two, we can start uh, ramping it back up, uh, and get ready to be back on the bike. Yeah, definitely. Now, what was the, um, hardest part for the Daytona crash? What was the hardest part of the injury recovery for that? Was it the head or was the other, the other fractures more of a problem for you? Um, honestly, it was, it was probably the head. Um, I've, I've gotten, you know, knocked out and had, had a concussion, maybe two at most, uh, uh, previously. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've, they've all been, you know, I feel fine the next day or two days later, I'm I'm feeling back to pretty much normal. And so it was, uh, it was a weird, it was a weird deal because yeah, it took about, you know, maybe 10 or 12 days, maybe a little more to feel, like fully normal again. And, and so that was definitely the hardest part, uh, just trying to get back to, to a hundred percent and, and kind of the, the question of, Oh shoot, you know, am, am I going to feel normal again? Cause yeah. after about a week I was getting nervous, but, uh, but no, it, luckily everything settled down and, and cleared back out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I'm glad that's all sorted out because yeah, head injuries are a little bit little bit difficult sometimes and and it's obviously the harder you hit the 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 more the more recovery times required and yeah look lots of people can be out for quite some time but if you've cleared up that's that's the main thing you don't want any residual headaches or blurred visions or you know just even memory becoming a bit patchy that that's always always a bit of a drama for everybody to um just keep an eye on but if you're all clear up on that that's fantastic it's good to hear yeah. 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 No, it was, uh, like I said, it was definitely weird. And, you know, we, we've always been big on taking the right amount of time off 
for uh, for injuries is is you know as long as it's reasonable. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but at injuries for sure, we we like to take as you know exactly the amount of time off that they say, just because it's it's dangerous and it, it is, can hurt yeah. you in the in later life. So. That's good policy to have, mate. So keep keep that one going. Hopefully you don't have any more head injuries, but if anything does like that, keep that policy because it's it's a good one to have. Now, with yeah. all this time off and obviously the extra stuff going on for you with the with the leg, have you got something as a race or anything like that that you re, you're you're eyeing as a return point for you at this stage, or is it too early to say? Uh, with the with the leg deal now, it's it's a little early to say. Um and, and honestly, like we were still kind of up in the air on, you know, when I was going to come back, uh, even if I had this surgery right after Supercross ended. So, um, you know, like you said, it's about a month or six weeks and until I can really get back on the bike. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'd like to say it would be shortly after that, maybe get a couple of weeks of training in and, and be racing shortly after that. But, uh, uh, but you know, with, with, even with two months off the bike is, um, you know, as short as that seems, it, it's pretty long time to, to be back or to be off the bike. So to get back on and get back in shape, um, it might take a little longer than expected. So hopefully, uh, yeah, hope I'd like to race a few outdoors, mm-hmm. whether that be, you know, do at the end or, um, or something like that, but, um, you know, or either, either that, or just maybe start with some local racing and, and, you know, start there and kind of see how I'm feeling. Yeah. Fair enough. You got to, the fitness side of things is a big factor in all this. As much as you release the ride, yeah, you can ride one lap or you can yeah. ride twenty laps, and there's a big difference in 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 the ability to complete that. So, yeah, you have to wait and see. I guess it is it is fairly early to ask that, but we always ask it just to see if you've got something. People like to have a bit of a a goal to sort of work towards. So, and you guys, obviously being pro yeah. riders, usually have a list of that sort of stuff going that you, you're trying to work on. So, usually got something in mind. Yeah. Now, for sure, for sure. Now, question to sort of finish off. We've been doing this with every rider recently that we're we're interviewing, just to sort of give everybody an understanding of maybe what's what's hiding under the the top layer of gear for for the pro riders. So, Jonah, what's under your gear? Are you wearing anything in particular? Are you a brace man? Are you are you a pad knee pad man? Is there something different you've got hiding under there that we don't know about? What's under your gear, Jonah? Uh, you know what I. I'm pretty, uh, pretty standard when it comes to, uh, what's underneath. I usually just do, you know, a typical knee brace and a, a full chest protector front and back. Yep. Um, but I've, I've definitely been big on the chest protector. Um, I've always worn it, uh, since I was on many bikes and, and, you know, it's been important to me just cause I, I typically usually don't have any rib or, or, you know, anything happen with my upper torso, I guess. Yeah, and uh, it's definitely good in my opinion to to have that on. But I went back and forth a little bit from uh, knee pads and knee braces when I first went pro. Okay, uh, but now with that injury to my tib fib, it yeah. just feels uh, more more stable with the knee brace on. So I kind of just went back to the knee brace, and and it feels a little better for me. Yeah, that's an interesting reason as to why you've you've made that shift, and that makes complete sense because it would actually hold you together a lot better. Obviously, you can tighten that down uh, onto the knee and onto that upper lower limb section there of your of your shin, and yeah, hold it all together, yeah. which would yeah maybe make a big difference for you at that point. So yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, good to know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
All right, man. Well, look, thank you for making some time on the Always Moto podcast. And it's nice to check in with you guys with the injuries because you, you tend to disappear on us and we're not sure what's happening. And it's nice for the fans out there to, to get an update and see that you're doing well, which is it's just awesome in this case. And, and like we said, find out something interesting about yourself that you've, you've taken the time to do some other work, um, get some removal work done. So, yeah, nice to, ha nice to have you on the podcast, Jonah. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It was a blast. Awesome. All right, man, we'll look, we'll look for you here shortly, um, you know, maybe in a couple of months on some outdoor races. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try and keep in touch. Thanks, Jonah. All right, thank you. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Scott Meshi, number 411, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, we are back on the Always Moto Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of the show. Now, let's cover off a couple of little things. Thank you to Jonah Geisling for his uh, time to be on the Always Motor podcast this week and to chat to us about his injury there and the multiple things that have, he's got going on. And I love the fact that he's using the downtime to get some of that hardware removed and hopefully improve his overall physical capacity, performance, whatever you want to say there, but just generally improve his freedom of movement as well because as a lot of you out there would know, having hardware in from a you know repair of a bone or or the like can get in the way for certain movements and even just give you a little sharp jab every once in a while if you manage to bump it hit right onto a screw head something along those lines it's just uncomfortable it's nice to get rid of that and i'm glad that he's using the time wisely not just sitting on the couch or just progressing that rehab for that particular injury that's happening there at that point he's making the most of his time it's it's an awesome idea uh, hopefully it pays off for him in the long run now, let's just have a quick little mention here. Obviously, the next three rounds are the final three rounds of the Supercross Series. We'll be then having a little short break and heading into the Motocross Series there late in May. But each of these three rounds coming up, we've got Nashville this weekend, we've got Denver the following weekend, and Salt Lake the final round. We're probably going to have a three, three riders crowned at each of the three rounds for the three respective titles across the Supercross Series. This week, you're probably going to see Hunter Lawrence uh, unless there's some major issues to him, uh, either to him or a bike. He's probably going to get handed a number one plate at the end of this round, which would be awesome for Hunter. First premier, like first title in the States. Uh, so that would be awesome for him. The following weekend there in Denver, you're probably going to see his brother Jet uh, tying up the West Coast round. Uh, again, as long as there's no unforeseen issues. And then the final round, let's hope that these three guys in the 450s, Chase Sexton, Cooper Webb, and Eli Tomac, can take it to a three-rider battle all the way to the finish to keep this thing really tight and really interesting. If all three are hopefully within about 15, it'd be nice if it was 10, but if they're all within about 15 points, that'd be a fantastic way to cap off the season and have a sort of winner-takes-all moment almost. I don't think it's going to get that tight. I have a feeling Eli is going to maintain a pretty steady pace at this point. And, and results-wise. But again, unforeseen circumstances, you know, can really happen in, in moto with obviously all the changing conditions as we saw at East Rutherford with the weather. But we could have some deep ruts. We could have some dry conditions. We could have some altitude sickness. We could have just illness. We could have a crash. There's so many things, bike malfunctions. There could be so many things that go on in this sport to change the outcome. It's not a dead set you know, going to happen at this point in time. And that's even for Hunter and Jet. As much as they have a massive points leads, there are still minor things that can happen to throw this out just yet. All right, that's our show for this week. Don't forget to send in those T-shirt orders, guys and girls. We want your support. Send them to our email, info at alwaysmoto.com. 
Follow us on social media for up-to-date info on all things injury and moto. Search Always Moto on your favorite social media app and then follow and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're listening on YouTube, watching on YouTube, whatever it is you do over there. Like and subscribe. And if your podcast app allows, leave a rating of the show, please, and thank you. Don't forget to check out our written articles over on fullnoise.com.au and soon to be some additional content, hopefully in the next little while here on alwaysmoto.com. But that's it for another show, guys and girls. Thanks to Slantboard Guy, Endurance Boots, Endurance Recovery Boots, Tech 167 3D Printing for the show support. Thanks to the Fantasy League sponsors, Coastal Motorcycle Centre, Goat Brand MX, Thor MX Australia, Michelin Australia, Ringmaster Images, Helltech Australia, and Bolt Everywhere. Thanks to the Always Motor Contractor. Thanks to you guys and girls out there for listening and sharing our podcasts around to find more listeners out there. Thank you very much for that. And remember, you need to be smooth to be fast because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you deep in the emergency department, maybe even the clinic having strapping tape thrown wherever it will stick.